welcome to the wicket. and welcome to The Wicket, a new weekly cricket podcast by Arab News that will look at the latest news and results from all around the Middle East, Asia and the world. I'm Brian Murgatroyd and with me today and every week will be Arab News cricket correspondent John Pike. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you very much, Brian. Um, Good to be here and uh, looking forward to uh, this new venture. Yes, it should be fun. And of course, it should especially be fun because uh, of what we've got in prospect over the next uh, month and a half. We've got the Cricket World Cup uh, on the horizon. Yes, it's uh, 10 teams, England, India, New Zealand, Australia, Pakistan, South Africa, Sri Lanka, the Netherlands, Bangladesh and Afghanistan. The last time, certainly for the foreseeable future, that we'll have a 10-team World Cup. It's all to look forward to in India And uh, England are the defending champions. Let's talk about all the teams that are taking part, John, and let's look at uh, what we might call the favourites, first of all. England as the defending champions, can we mark them down as favourites or or should that tag go to India as the hosts? I think India um, should be tag favourites because of their home advantage, not only in terms of knowledge of of conditions, but also the sort of feverish support um, that they have. One aspect of that is that maybe the expectations are so high that they've got an awful lot to uh, to live up to, and um, we'll see how that, that that plays out. But I would certainly have them down as, uh, as favourites um, at this point. Well, you mentioned home advantage there for India, John. I've, I've crunched the numbers. Obviously, in the last three World Cups, that the host country or the co-host has won, but prior to that, it was pretty slim pickings for the hosts. It's odd, really, that isn't it? Because you think of cricket and cricketers these days as being very global, used to playing all around the world. And yet, over the last three editions of this tournament, it's, it's home advantage that's ruled the roost. I think you need to look a bit more closely on that. If you take the last World Cup, um, of course, England won, but by the barest, slimmest of margins. Um, they could so easily have lost that much to, to New Zealand. There was doom and gloom when they lost to Pakistan, if you recall, before, before the semifinals. So I'd be a bit sceptical about um, when home advantage played a large part in England's victory. I think the previous one, well, of course, it was an Australia-New Zealand final. Um, the co-hosts were Australia and New Zealand. So Australia were the strongest team, um, I think, in that tournament. So um, maybe it played a part then. And certainly in 2011, India as champions uh, on Indian soil. I think, yes, um, it would play a part then. If you go back into longer history, you know, the first three World Cups were in England. The West Indies won, I think, twice, wasn't it? They were the strongest team in the world. And most of their players had um, great experience of playing in English conditions. They played English county cricket. Um, so I don't think it was a um, particular surprise. England um, approached one-day cricket, I think, in a rather uh, pedestrian fashion at that time. Um, and of course, India won uh, in England the third World Cup, uh, probably against the odds. So uh, I think there are other factors at play um, other than than, uh, than home advantage. I could, of course, prove wrong if India win this time. Well, let's talk about England and India first of all, and, and England as the defending champions. It looks to me 
as though they've got uh, all bases covered. They're the dual white ball world champions. Harry Brooks being parachuted in at the last minute for for Jason Roy. Ben Stokes is back in One Day Internationals as a specialist batter. And they've got eight players, by my count, from that 2019 success. They look strong, don't they? It does look strong. Uh, one of the, There's a lot of talk around the, the quick bowlers uh, on all sides. On Most sides have got a pretty good... Um, with set of quick bowlers. Indian wickets, we don't know what they're going to produce. And um, it's the spinners, really. Uh, if, if there are advantages for the spinners, I'm not sure that... Uh, OK, we've got Adil Rashid. Uh, I'm not sure that England are as strong as other sides in that department. That would be my main concern about, um, about whether England have got all bases covered. Well, you mentioned there about uh, spin and, of course, India, off the back of an excellent Asia Cup success, they've made the decision to include Ravichandran Ashwin in place of Aksar Patel at the 11th hour. Jasprit Bumrah, the the pace bowlers fit as well. They look impressive. And uh, with Ashwin coming in, obviously, spin quality there. But on top of that, he adds depth to their batting too, doesn't he? Yes, it does, quite significantly. Uh, I, I have no issues with India's bowling. It's very strong all the way around. I think my only question mark against them is is the pressure on 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 the batters to do what they're capable of doing, uh, given the amount of pressure that they're going to have upon them. I think that will be my only Achilles heel um, as far as India is concerned. Um, whether they whether they can cope with that pressure, um, if, particularly if they're chasing targets. Yes, uh, home advantage can be a blessing, and it can also be a curse. Yeah. And New Zealand, well, they were the the losing finalists in 2019. They were also the losing finalists when they were co-hosts in 2015. It seems to be a, a perennial question that, that so often they're the the bridesmaids and not the bride. Of course, they won the inaugural ICC World Test Championship. They've got Kane Williamson back after a serious knee injury. There's uh, Trent Bolt and, and Tim Southey there. Devon Conway and Daryl Mitchell, two mighty impressive players over the last year or so. Have they got what it takes to challenge? Yes, I think they have. They're everybody's favourite second team, I think, New Zealand. Um, and they have they look like they've got themselves together with a strong squad just in time. It looks like they're peaking. You mentioned Kane Williamson. They're managing his fitness. If he is really fit and performs like he can do, um, it makes a massive difference to, to that team. I, I, I suspect um, that they like to go under the radar. I suspect that they are going to probably, you know, if you're going to talk about a surprise team, and they're not really a surprise, but if they're going to surprise, any team's going to surprise, I suspect it's going to be New Zealand. And what about Australia, John? Again, very strong contenders. Uh, I think they've got pretty well all bases covered. I'm not sure about the spin department. They've got Adam Zampa. Again, it depends on the on what wickets we're going to find. Uh, that's the only doubt uh, I've really got against. I was surprised that they they faltered against South Africa. Um, maybe there was a bit of complacency there. It's a swan song for some of the players. I would certainly put them in the top four. And what about Pakistan, John? Uh, there's no Nazim Shah. He's missing with a shoulder injury sustained in the Asia Cup. He's a major loss for them. Barbara Azam, though, has already said that talk of the semi-final qualification is, in his words, just a small target. 
and he's looking at winning the event. Well, the batting led by Barber should be fine, especially if the pitches are flat. They've got Shaheen, Shara Freedy, Harris, Ralph. They've got genuine pace there. Can they cope, though, with the pressure of uh, of playing in India? One never knows how Pakistan are going to, to pick, pitch up. Uh, some strong words from Barbara Zan about well, they weren't going to win it. Fast bowling, as you say, is, is a very strong card. The batting is really dependent upon Azam. Uh, I'm not sure that the rest of the batting is going to be strong enough to um, to put them in the position that uh, Azam's looking for. I, I I have got some I have some doubts about whether they will be able to cope with uh, the immense pressure that they're, they're going to be under. But they've surprised us all in the past. So. <laughs> they, they certainly have, because uh, of course they won the event in in 1992, and they came from a long way back in uh, in Australia and New Zealand to do that. Then, after touching on those top five sides, if you like, England, India, New Zealand, Australia and Pakistan, I suppose we can come to a category that we might call the challengers, John. And uh, within that category, I suppose we have to put previous champions, uh, Sri Lanka. They won the event when it was in the Asian subcontinent in 1996. They've only just got into uh, this particular tournament through the qualifier in Zimbabwe earlier this year. They're without Wanindu Hasaranga. Dushmantha Chamira, their uh, quick bowler, is also absent. Do you give them a chance? Very slim. Um, I don't see them being strong enough to uh, to really challenge the, the top five. They also have they have issues with the batting. Uh, they have a captain who I think is averaging less than ten in uh, in ODI cricket. He himself admits that uh, he's in it for his leadership. So I, I think there are, there are serious questions about the all round strength. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't expect to see them challenge the top five. And what about South Africa, John? Uh, they've got this tag that they've had ever since they yep. came back onto the world stage of. Uh, of uh, struggling on the uh, on the big stage itself, uh, particularly at the back end of tournaments. I won't use the C word that uh, nope. is used so often um, in relation to South Africa and uh, and major events. But you give them a, a chance of doing something. They've got some players within their squad, most notably Kagiso Rabada, who is well an outstanding performer at any level. And he's got plenty of experience of India through the IPL, of course, but they've lost the pace of Anrich uh, Norkia and uh, Sisanda Mangala. They're both out uh, through uh, injury. Can they somehow uh, produce something special here? I mean, they did in the on the eve of the tournament, of course, because they came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2 against Australia in a one-day international series uh, last month. Yes, I'd give them uh, much more chance for surprise than, than I did for, for Sri Lanka. They're, they're pretty strong, I think, all the way around. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to find that they um, bloody um, a couple of noses along the way. I think they'd be my outsiders for a semi-final place. And what about the rest, John? There are three other teams that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, the Netherlands, Bangladesh and Afghanistan. Bangladesh, will they arrive off the back of uh, some arguments and some bickering over Tamim Iqbal's uh, exclusion from the squad? They're led by Shakib al-Hassan. 
Afghanistan. They've only ever won one match at a World Cup, and that was back in in 2015 against uh, Scotland. They've got a, a dreadful record in this tournament in the two editions they've played. And then there's the Netherlands, who surprised everyone, I think, by qualifying for this uh, event ahead of the likes of the West Indies, Zimbabwe and Scotland. Um, what do you make of uh, the prospects for those three teams? Not very much. Take the Netherlands first. And they, yes, they got, got there in amazing fashion, thanks really to one man, as the leader. And um, he's a, certainly a player to, uh, to watch in this, this tournament. But I, I'd be surprised if they, if they make any um, shocks. They'll be looking probably to beat Bangladesh and Afghanistan to give themselves some, some semblance of respectability. The bookies have them at 750 to 1, and I think that probably tells you everything you need to know about their prospects. As you mentioned, Bangladesh, uh, some squabbling there. They don't look very united. They've got players, I think, um, uh, coming to the end of their careers, international careers. They might cause a couple of surprises, but I don't see them being in the frame for the last four. And again, Afghanistan, as you say, um, pretty um a pretty rotten record, and I, I can't see that being improved this time around. So come on then, John, who are your four semi-finalists and why? I presume those four semi-finalists will come from that list of five that, that, that we mentioned, although you you had uh, South Africa as a bit of a bolter. I'd be very surprised if India aren't, aren't in the final four. I'd be surprised if Australia are not. I'd be surprised if England are not. Um, who's going to be my fourth one? I'm picking from... Uh, New Zealand, Pakistan and South Africa. And I'm, I'm going to go for New Zealand. They have plenty of experience and they, they conduct themselves in in proper manner. They've, they've, you know, it's not fashionable to think about good behaviour in cricket, but but they, you know, there's a sense of integrity about them. I think that, that, that needs to be respected. doesn't mean to say they're going to finish in the top four for that reason. But I, I, I suspect they're going to be powerful force. Um, so I'd put them slightly ahead of Pakistan and, and South Africa, but not by much. And for all we know, um, net run rates going kind to of come into the um, equation, as it has done in the past. We have the weather factor, possibly. Yes, there's the weather as well. Uh, I think 70% of, uh, of warm-up games have been affected by rain. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that, well, I guess um, the, the weather's going to improve. Traditionally, it does at this time of year in India. It's only certain parts of India that have been affected during that uh, that warm-up stage. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's in the lap of the gods, really, That re- in that regard. Yeah, as you mentioned, the weather's set to improve. It's, the weather might unexpectedly um, play a part in a couple of crucial matches. Yeah, let's just keep our fingers crossed that that's not the case. Uh, John, what are you looking forward to most uh, in the tournament? You're, of course, heading over there to uh, to, to cover the matches for uh, Arab News. What are you looking forward to uh, on, on your time in India? I'm looking forward uh, to seeing some individual um, players live for the first time. Um, one of those on my list is, is Barbara Zam and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Ben Stokes, of course. And um, as I've kind of been neutral about all of this, there are a number of other players that I've, uh, particularly quick bowlers, I've not seen, uh, not seen live um, in in this sort of competition before. So that's really what I'm looking forward to, rather than some of the the big matchups. You know, India Pakistan, of course, is one that tip of everybody's tongue. Matches between them were disappointing. Uh, on rain effect, of course, in the, in the Asia Cup. 
uh, there might be a bit too much um, pressure on those. So I'm going for individuals rather than rather than teams as 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 things to look forward to. And you stick your neck out and and pick a winner for us, John. Most people, I think, are going to go for India, and I think it's difficult to 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 look beyond them. I'm going to stick my neck out and go com- not quite left field, but I I'm going to go for Australia. Why is that? Because they know how to handle pressure. They're fierce competitors. I mean, they've got a, a strong lineup, aggressive batting, some people who, who want to go out on a high at their ends of their career. I just think they have the metal to be able to deal with the extreme pressure uh, that um, that comes with these competitions. Well, I'll jump off the fence and say I think it's uh, going to be a, an England-India final. Oh. And uh, I suspect India will get across the line. But uh, if we do get an in- England-India final, that will be a-, a wonderful occasion with the defending champions up against the hosts. It's probably the dream final for this uh, particular tournament. And, uh, well, maybe uh, I'll keep a note of our recordings here, John, and uh, yep. we'll, we'll play them back when we do a podcast on the on the eve of the final and see just how see, right see, our, yeah, our predictions see, were. See, yeah. See who's got a red face Absolutely So there we are The Cricket World Cup to look forward to And the Wicket Podcast will be back throughout the tournament To bring you news and views As the greatest show in cricket uh, rolls across India Over the next month or so Thanks very much for your company And if you've enjoyed this chat Then please like and subscribe Finally on behalf of myself, Brian Murgatroyd And John Pike Thanks for your company And we look forward to you joining us next time Thank you.